in the dead of night, when the moon is high and ill winds blow, and the banshees cry and the moonlight casts an unearthly glow, arise, my love, with tales of woe. Twelve midnight, the paranormal hour. Welcome to Ghost to Ghost. I'm your host, Chief Lawson. Ghost to Ghost is a podcast to discuss all paranormal and parapsychology subjects. You can find Ghost to Ghost on all major formats. So tell your friends, tell your family, come listen to Ghost to Ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ghost to Ghost. It is the midnight hour. Tonight's topic: Saint Nicholas and the Christmas Ghost and Denizens. Tonight's guests are Jennifer Fern. Research Manager and Podcast Producer. Good evening. And Heather Lawson, our Case Manager and Podcast Director. Hello. And I tell you what, we're going to change something next broadcast, because really you guys aren't guests. You're, you're, you're part of the podcast, and guest <laughs> is really a wrong word, so we're going to change that out. So. I'm a guest on my own show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we all know about Christmas, right? You know, celebrate yep. on the 25th. We put the Christmas tree and hang the evergreen and garland and holly. And we place other effigies of a fat man in a red suit trimmed in white. We have wonderful Christmas feasts. We hang wreaths of evergreen and sprigs of mistletoe. Our children can't wait to see Santa, uh, what, they have, what he has brought them. This is Christmas, right? Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, the way we've all thought of it. Or is it? You know, are you afraid of Christmas? Yeah, caption, there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmas long, long ago. Maybe you should be. Be very afraid. What we celebrate as Christmas is nothing more than a whitewash. And this is probably one of the more controversial broadcasts we'll have because it's going to change the way people look at a holiday. Let's start with St. Nicholas. St. Nick and Santa are really two different people. That we have, uh, they, they've emerged over time as part of, of the whitewash or the uh, good guy campaign, we'll call it. Um, St. Nicholas was actually a patron saint. He was also known as the Bishop of Myra. He was born into wealth. Uh, he chose the priesthood over the wealth and donated all that he had to the, to the Catholic, Catholic order. Uh, he was loved by all the folks that he served. He would... Even though that he donated this wealth, he seemed to still have access to it. And he was known to throw bags of coins in windows of patrons that needed the help. So St. Nicholas always had this kind of giving uh, nature about him. Very, very, you know, very, very joyous, very, very generous, and very, very helpful. And he was Maybe made of... it wasn't his wealth or his family's wealth he was getting the coins from. Exactly. This may be buried in the Catholic vault somewhere. Anyway, who knows? But anyway, he was throwing coins in the winter window... Not winter. Window. <laughs> of the... Yeah, the God. Um, how much scotch have I had? Again? Never mind. Anyway, uh, the window of the... Uh, Do we told need to you. cut you off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The window of these homes, and he was he was admired and loved by the people. The Catholic Church made him a bishop at the death of the prior bishop, and uh, as far as we know, there's no conspiracy theory to how the prior bishop passed. Um, 
we know that uh, Myra Myra was an area which is now known as Turkey. It's right. an area within mm-hmm. Turkey. Um, but we know that you know the people was the driving reason as to why he became a patron saint. They celebrate St. Nicholas on day of December the 6th, not the 25th. This brings us to December the 5th, which is actually Krampus Night. From our prior episode. Yes, from our prior episode. So if you haven't listened to that, stop now. Go listen to it and come back. Uh, St. Nicholas has a cohort in these operations, which we talked about in the last episode, which is Krampus. They would travel together. And the good children received gifts from St. Nicholas. And the bad children, well, they got the switch and the coal and the sticks given to the parents by Krampus. Now, the children he didn't whip, he gave sticks for the parents to whip and gave them coal. For Now, for, the, for those who have not yet listened to our Season 2, Episode 19, Krampus, do that now. Again, it, it's very important. So, for those of you who do not know Krampus, I should point out before you go any further, if you've not listened to us at all, you should go back after this and listen to all of our episodes. It's very important. You might miss that first one, but otherwise, yeah, the rest are good. So, for those who do not know Krampus, he's an anthropomorphic figure described as half goat, half demon. He has one hooved foot most of the time, and uh, even more often two hooved feet. But sometimes he has one hooved and one human foot. Feats. 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 Is that <laughs> a new word? I'm adding, I'm changing our whole dialect here. Here we go. Yeah. So he has one foot <laughs> that is sometimes human and one that is hooved. And other times he has two hooved feet. He has horns, sometimes curved, sometimes twisted, sometimes who knows. He has a forked tongue and fangs, and he carries white birch sticks and walks with a walking stick that is adorned with bells. Don't get me started on the birch stick thing. Anyway, that's. That's uh, yeah, you caught that other, from the yeah, past episode. Yeah, caught that in the other episode. You, you catch that one to catch on it. It's it's an untapped wealth, let me tell you. His He carries a basket on his back to put bad children in, and he also carries coal and sticks in it. He's usually covered in chains or a leather harness, kind of like an S&M kind of guy. Uh, carries <laughs> a bag of coal. <laughs> yeah, he's not child-friendly. None of this subject may be child-friendly. Who knows? This is where the coal legend comes from. So if you're giving your kids sticks and coal and you're warning them, it comes from Krampus. It doesn't come from St. Nick. He never actually gave me that out. So, who comes on December the 20th, 25th? Well, that would be Santa Claus. Perry Noel, Chris Kringle, Father Christmas. He's got many more titles. But this is more of a Danish legend. It was brought in and actually put into that, that date. December 25th comes first from General Christianity, which celebrate the birth of Christ. But this was not the date of the birth of Christ, actually. And this is where all my listeners will become calling me heretic and just absolutely hate me and blasphemy. But no, honestly, history tells us... Most people who've studied history will know, know this. We'll know yeah. that. Yeah, but there's some that, that believe it is. Well, December was known for Saturnalia, yes. the Roman party yes. of the sun, right? Oh, Yule, mm-hmm. and other places. And the right? change of the season, yes. So, in order for... Christianity, Catholicism, to take over paganism, you change S O S U N for the sun, Saturnalia, to turn into S O N, and you leave the party, the partying and the feasting and all of that. You just change its origins. I'm so glad you brought that up. It made my job a lot easier. (laughs) Anyway, but yes, so. You know, you probably say some of my the reputation there. They took over. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of them that that have yep. been changed. If we go back to the origins, there's so many things that go back to pagan or other well origins. But and stick around 
Come back for our next episode because yeah, oh you'll yeah. hear more. Yeah, there's even more. Um, but yeah, actually, Christ was not born on the 25th. Uh, we did discover through the Bible that he was born during Herod's reign, so that narrows it down. And also, the shepherds, as, as it says in the, in the wonderful song, the shepherds were in the field guarding their flocks by night. They didn't do this during the winter. In so, warm weather. And censuses yeah. were happening. Yep. So more than likely... Somewhere spring. in the spring. Yeah, they, they figure somewhere in the spring or in the fall of September. It would have been early, it had been during that period of time. Didn't so, they figure it was spring because of the star? They thought originally that it was in June. It, it was either in May or June is what it came out to be because that's when the star that they, they claimed that they followed to the, the manger. The wise men came to the manger. Yeah, the wise men came. was only apparent during that period of time. It was actually in May. So it... Uh, you know, anyway, so there's a lot of differences there. But we've adopted the 25th as a celebration of Christmas, when originally it was actually the sixth day of Christmas, which was St. Nick's Day. So, anyway, Santa was uh, was made to hide the, you know, the fear of the coming winter. Everyone's afraid during winter because, let's face it, you know, the winter kills everything. And it's dark and there's yeah. no light and you Cold. can't see yeah. what's outside. Yeah, it gets dark by you. Now, we're, we're on... Thanks to our governor, who I support wholeheartedly. But anyway, we are on. Uh, we are on. Uh, uh, Daylight savings yeah. time. So it gets dark around five o'clock here, and so that's helpful uh, to no one. Anyway, but uh, we get <laughs> it gets dark around five o'clock, and you know, and, and the light doesn't come to about eight o'clock. So you know, the the key thing to take away there is that the days become shorter. And you back know. then, there all you had was candlelight for your yeah. hearth. And when you're working, there's nothing. And when nothing. you're outside, maybe yeah. you've got a lantern. But, but when the sun goes oh, down, yeah. you're inside. Oh yes. yeah. And, and you think about it in today's age. You leave work, it's dark. You come home, it's dark. You, the whole time that you're at work, it's light. You don't get seeing that. Right. So, uh, but back then too, if your hunt didn't go well and you get enough meat. There's a chance you might not yeah. make it through winter. If, yeah. you do, if your crops didn't do well, there was a chance that... Yeah, if you didn't have enough put yeah. in your larder, your root cellar, yeah. you, you weren't were going to make it through. Yeah. It was a very scary time. Yeah, it was. I mean, it really was. I mean, anybody got sick... There was actually a whole PBS special done on the evolution really? of, of darkness and the evolution of fear because of darkness. I'll have to look that up and yeah, put that I would on love our, to see that. our Facebook page and, and try yeah. and find that. I saw it several years that ago. That sounds kind of neat because I have not seen that. It was that. amazing. It took why it all the way. Why we're f- That's it. Yeah. Why we are afraid of the dark. Yes. Yeah. It, it was an you know, awesome thing. It's yeah. a neat thing. And, and I, I think, think that, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see and, it. And they do. They talk about all the reasons uh, mm-hmm. for the, the celebrations and the seasons and things like that yeah. and what we did during Yule time to cast away the darkness and the fear. Yeah, and one of the things we did was celebrations mm-hmm. and you know partying and yeah. trying to reassure everybody hey we're there with you you're one of us you know if you need help i'll come out of my place and i'll help you you know and i mean i think that was a lot of it too so you know anyway but there was a lot there involved and, and to be honest with you winter was very scary and and there was only the parties wanted to reassure everybody there was redemption involved, and they wanted mm-hmm. to reassure everybody mm-hmm. the sun would return. Right. And the summer days were coming. So December 5th, 6th, and 25th were days to sing and celebrate and bond with your neighbors as well as it was to just to get together. Um, let's talk about other companions of Father Christmas. Bell's Nickel. 
Yeah, Belsnickel. Yeah, Belsnickel. I'm not as good with German pronunciation, but we'll... Me either, but, but I like Schnickel. No, but you do it better than I do. I like I'll that give Schnickel. 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 Yeah, Belsnickel is a folklore of German-speaking Europe uh, and Austrian. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting because they actually, and I don't know if they still do it or not, but the uh, Indiana German Society used to have a Belschnickel that they brought in. And I don't know if they still do or not. Um, there, there was a... I'm trying to sit here and remember. I'm drawing through my memory. It wasn't held at the Idol, George. My wife is. Whenever I come up with these mind, she starts. Yeah, she starts fiercely googling. googling. Yeah, their fingers are going miles of an hour as we speak on our phone. Uh, I believe it was at. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't down at German Park, and it wasn't at the Idol East, and it wasn't at the Anther. It was. It was over on by the Water Company. There's a. Um, we used that building several times. There's a German group, uh, Stag something, Stagholt, Stagheart, and they had a Belschnickel that came okay. in. So we're going to try to figure that out as we go along here. But anyway, the Belschnickel is a very interesting legend. And uh, unlike Krampus, he's quite a bit different, but he uh, he came in at the request of the families. And the family had to really request him. And he was a servant of St. Nicholas. He was a character for North Germany. Unlike other figures, Belschnickel did, does not accompany St. Nick. But instead visits alone. He comes in. He's kind of uh, he's kind of in either furs or uh, or in winter clothing. He's kind of dirty. He's got soot on him, and he carries with him a switch, and he carries with him gifts and, and especially treats, edible treats. And um, you know, he sometimes has a mask with a long tongue, but most oftentimes he's kind of this alpine gentleman with an alpine hat. You know, so he's a paired back version of Krampus. Kind then? of, I, I, kind I, of a I less really scary feel like, yes, sort of um, uh, candy redemption yes. type of redemption is the key. Okay, and I think that's we're going to see this more and more as we go through. Uh, kind of ragged, disheveled. I mean, but still a very candy coated version of Krampus. He you know carries, what I'm picturing, and I'm sorry, this is a side it. tangent. Yeah, I'm picturing Radagast. Um, oh, to from uh, Token. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we got yeah. Gandalf as the Honestly, Santa figure. Honestly, that's a good, that's a good These Alpine hats, everybody asked me about. My dad, and I love to tell this, when I was growing up, had these ungodly awful hats. Now, bear in mind, we are a family that has Scottish and American Indian roots. For whatever reason, my father liked these uh, German hats, and they're 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 kind of a. They're very hard to describe. They're wool and fur covered, and they're they're half off. They're called alpine hats, and some of them have fold down ear flaps in them. God, they're ugly. Uh, they okay. have a little bit of feather on one side, but my father thought they were okay. the greatest thing yeah, in the world. I know. So yeah. everywhere we went, we wore these, and everybody go, "Oh my God, are you of German descent?" Nope. No, no, no. My dad always thought we were Irish. He didn't know we were Scottish until, you know, I came along and really found that out and found a lot of our lost family. But, oh, my God, at that era in the 60s and 70s, when you went somewhere, you dressed up. I oh, mean, yes. It was unheard of to go to. We would always go for Christmas every year. We would go downtown. We would look at the lights in the circle of Indianapolis. And then they had the windows. The windows was a neat thing. Yes, they yeah. were. It had a lot of animatronics, which were very arcane compared to what they have today. But back then, that was the thing. And you would stand up there, freeze to death. Your hands and feet, you could not feel. Your toes had been frostbitten off hours before. And you would walk between these decorated windows that Macy's... Ellis Airs, Blocks. Right. I'm trying to remember Wassons, all these different companies have put on. And they, they, you know, I never will forget it. And correct me if you know, because I don't, I can't remember for the life of me. One of them had a clock tower on the corner. Was that Ayers? 
I think that's the heirs. The heirs. I'm pretty sure it's heirs. Heirs angel. That's where I'm going. Yeah, they put a cherub up, and you know, during the middle of the night, these crews would come out, and they would have police escorts, and they would singly put this cherub up during the. It still happens. Yeah, yeah, and and the cherub is housed in the uh, Indiana State Museum. So Mm -hmm. if you go there, there's a train that was originally Ellis Air's train, and I rode that. I'm 57 as of this taping. So this goes back a bit. I rode this when I was eight years old. It's still running, folks. And they still put kids on it. I put my kids on it just so I could say they rode into a second generation. It rides around. It's a miniature train. They have some other things. It's really neat. But these are some of the traditions of Indianapolis that we had. So anyway, getting back to the story, uh, you know, we wore these stupid alpine hats. I hate them to this day. I have not seen one in eons i'm wondering if my mother still has my father's i'll have to check and see but these were well sought after i mean now you don't see them and they're they're very unique hats i don't know what they're called and and you know we may get heather on that one next to figure out which one of these alpine hats and what they're called but they were just a, a big fur hat that split in the top and came down and, and you know my dad thought they were the greatest things in the world i didn't like them. He also liked leisure suits, I should point out. But, but that's anyway, kind of like what we're picturing with Belschnickel to have on his head. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. We're thinking we yeah. got this hat on the head. And so, anyway, but he carried a switch in his hand to beat naughty children. And, you know, and he had a pocket full of cakes and candies and nuts for the children that were good. So, did you find anything, dear? They had an event scheduled for October 6th, but it was canceled. What was it? Um... German Christmas traditions. Ah, okay. Yeah. So it may have been. I mean, they may not have got back online since COVID, but I know they had Belschnickel that came in. Um, the other one is um, is a French tradition, and that is Père Fartar. And it's pronounced Fartar, I believe, mm-hmm. but it was a kind of yep. a W sound. Uh, many countries have different takes on Christmas traditions, rituals. One of France is quirky. Uh, they do one uh, the traditions that St. Nicholas has this creepy dark-robed helper who punishes children. So, again, along the same lines, redemption and punishment. Yeah, he gets really dark from uh, what I remember. Yeah, yeah the, the, the illustrations. Yeah. And, and really, this guy looks more like the Grinch. He looks yeah, like a pussycat Grinch but, combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's creepy. Yep, yep. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these words. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wanted to be a part of the TV shows you watch, the paranormal television shows that are on TV? Would you not like to be standing there next to Jason Halls, Steve, or Tango, or any of the other shows, you know, and Adam and Amy, and watching and looking for ghosts? Well, here's your chance. We have a Paranormal University Master Class. I recommend this for people who belong to other groups. It'll help you. It's actually a parapsychology class. A whole semester crammed into one night. One night, folks. One night only. Sign up for the Paranormal Master Class. It's a lot of classroom. We have about eight hours, so it's a long day. But then it ends in an investigation. And it's a long investigation. It's known at a active site. Now, we can't guarantee ghosts on the ghost tour. No more than Jurassic Park or guarantee the dinosaurs on the dinosaur tour. But hey, ours don't get loose and eat people. That's the key to it. So anyway, it's a great night. I think you would enjoy it. It's a minimal cost. The location changes. Just for the you know, the information purposes, we don't give the information or the location out unless it's a public location until the night before 
the investigation. Now, if it's a public location, we'll advertise it. Go to our website, www.spiritindiana.com. That's S-P-I-R-I-T-I-N-D-I-A-N-A.com. Go to Paranormal University Masterclass and look that up. There's a video there. <coughs> I think you would enjoy it. And for those that really want to do that and want to come out, this is the thing. It's a small class. You get one-on-one -on -one instruction. I think you'd be very happy in taking it. Folks, thank you so much. We'll see you at the university. All right, folks. We are back, and we are talking about the uh, Christmas legends and denizens and ghosts of Christmas. So, And for those that were interested in what kind of alpine hat I was referring to, it's called a tight. Go ahead and tell them. It's a Tyrolean Alpine German hat. That's all for... These were things I was with tortured ear, with when I was ear young. ear flaps. With ear flaps. you got to have the ear flaps or it doesn't qualify. And these were things I was tortured with as a child. But anyway, all right, getting back. Uh, we've talked about Dennis. Let's talk about ghosts for a little bit. We love to tell ghost stories at Christmas. But why? Why does people like to do this? This is a Christmas holiday. Why would you want to tell ghost stories? I think the biggest part of the ghost stories is the fact that people in general just love to tell ghost stories. They yeah, love and you to were be sitting around a fire. It, yeah. You know? It just, it fit. You were inside. It was cold. Exactly. Yeah, and, and it was so dark it was kind and scary. of a tradition that came from the early 1900s, but one of the biggest things came, really, that got that started had to do with an author named Charles Dickerson. Dickerson. Dickens. Dickensons. Dickens. Yeah, boy, God. No, Charles Published Dickens. 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 Yeah, now we got it right. Yeah. Charles Dickens. I have Dickerson. I don't know why. The spell checker hates me. I can tell you that. When Charles Dickens published the original, and this is a guy I should know his name. It's my favorite, favorite thing at Christmas. He published The Christmas Carol. Now, for everybody to understand, he didn't publish it here first. He published it in London. He hated the United States at the time because we were in the middle of pre-Civil War. He did not go along with slavery, and that was something we had here. And he, he just could not stand it. He couldn't stand the civil things that were happening. and he So he never really published it in the United States to 1867. And he published that in 1867. He actually, there's a hotel, and I, I'll be honest with you, I, I did the research. I didn't write down the name of the hotel. Oh, yes. It's in he, Boston. He read it in front of the mirror, Yeah, right? in front of the mirror. And, yeah. and they say you can still see him appearing in the mirror. And yeah. if you watch uh, Jeff uh, Blanger's, uh, I think it's, uh, the, it's the Christmas um, episode, and I think it's in season one of New England Legends. It shows that mirror in that hotel. But it, it actually is fantastic. But he published it after the... So you got to remember, the American public is getting over the Civil War. Slavery, slavery has been abolished, but, you know, it's having some trouble getting that through. There's of a lot course, of areas yep. and problems, and, you know, we're still in the aftermath. So he came and he read this, and it was a, it was a epiphany moment for the American public. It caught on. And from that point forward, a lot of things that happened at Christmas were really engineered around this story. Now, just so you know, it was actually done on December the 19th. It sold out. So, in other words, by Christmas Eve, um, I'm sorry, the book that he written had been published on December 19th. By Christmas Eve, it had totally sold out. They couldn't get enough copies. Uh, after, especially after reviews of the of the onstage reading of this, which again we were talking about the mirror he practiced in, and it was done in Boston. It's never been out of print since that time. Okay, it's actually a novella, not a novel. So a novella is a short story written in narr narrator form and in that of a novel. It contains five staves or acts to the story. 
Many adaptions of the carol have happened over the years. Many is putting it mildly. Yeah, there's actually 86... <laughs> 86, 86 known, known, right? Known, yeah. Known movies have been made. Uh, first being the 1938 edition starring Alistair Sims, which is probably the most famous black and white. Black and white. It's a yep. great one. Great. And then many actors have been portrayed as Scrooge with some very big names. George C. Scott, which does my favorite. My, that's, that's my favorite. Yeah, that's too. my favorite as well. Henry Winkler, Sir Patrick Stewart, Bill Murray, yep. Scrooge uh, Fred, McDuck, Scrooge. Yeah, Scrooge McDuck, Fred Flintstone, Kevin Farley, and many more. My favorite is, again, George C. Scott. Scrooge is probably my next favorite. It's a little spin, Bill Murray spin. Bill Murray, yeah. Now, there's one mm-hmm. that is, it's not listed the Christmas Carol. It's listed Scrooge. Yeah. It's a 1970s version. Uh-huh. And um, Albert, Albert Finney plays Ebenezer. And I've it got is that a musical one. version. Yeah. And I have to say, George C. Scott is my favorite yeah. Um, yeah. version. Sure. Purely for theoretical or dramatic. Well, but yeah. Crits never Christmas until I watch yeah. the. Um, the two things the I watch at Christmas musical. are always what, honey? The Christmas Carol with George C. Scott and. Oh, White Christmas. Oh, yeah. yes. White Christmas. Yes. Got to be White Christmas. Yeah. And George C. Scott, actually, his version, <coughs> excuse me, is more accurate. To, mm-hmm. you know, and certainly his ghost of Christmas past. You know, this is the way it's outlined in, in Dickens' novel, or in his book. It, it definitely shows this this Santa Claus-like figure in a green robe. Oh, you mean Christmas present? Yeah, or Christmas, yep. yeah, it was Christmas past, wasn't it? Or no, 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 it was present. present. Yeah, it's present, yeah. Yep. Uh, green robes, he talks about how many yes. brothers he has yes. currently, which would be like, you know, what, many, many eight, today. 18? Yeah. Mm. 1800 yeah. or something like that. No, well, 108. Yeah. yeah. and For all the years. He opens these robes, and there's two children, a little right. boy and a little girl hugging his legs. And, you know, Scrooge asks who these are. And he says, well, the boy is ignorance, and the girl is want. Yeah. And he says, but fear the most the boy. And, you know, it's more accurate to the novel, yeah. but it's really it's good. It's such a good Now, another fun one, and you have to be, honestly, I always say, I always say you have to be Republican to enjoy this. Is the, oh, the, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, I mean, or you have to have a good sense of humor, it is the Christmas, um, uh, the American Carol. And it's, uh, it's with, uh, who is the... Uh, Guy plays. They make fun of Michael Moore, and I. I'm not a fan of Michael Moore. I hope I don't lose any listeners over this, it's, but I am not. Uh, it's, it's Chris Farley. Chris Farley's brother. brother. Yeah, I, I can't think of his first name, but he plays this Michael Moore character, and I tell you what, it has some of the biggest names. It has uh, in it Ch- uh, Chelsea Grammer. It has uh, it has Bill O'Reilly. It has Trace Atkins. It has a lot of big names. It's just fun to watch. It's a good one to watch. So, I mean, if nothing else, if you get a good sense of humor, you need to watch this. So, anyway, and if you want some more details in particular on Christmas Carol, please listen to Ghost to Ghost Season 1, Episode 10. So, in this, we have four ghosts, okay? We have the ghost. The primary starts us out, which is the ghost of Marley. Marley, who's been dead these seven years at the time. And he was the business partner of Scrooge. What a lot of people don't know is Scrooge inherited marley's residence he's living in marley's residence and he inherited all marley's wealth because marley had no family so he that's where he's at the takeaway here for everyone is what is the moral of the story redemption 
Mm-hmm. The whole yep. idea is to show us all that we all, change. yeah, we're all Scrooges, but we always, if they can change, or he can change, we can change. The big thing is redemption. Dickinson also wrote, Dickens, Dickens I'm sorry, it's it, for some reason it's all over the place that spelled it that way, I'm sorry. Dickens wrote several other novels and, and several other ghost stories. One of my favorite is The Signalman. And without going into great detail, I want you all to get a chance. If, you, if you've got any kind of uh, Netflix, anything, that I believe it's on Netflix, but they have a whole series of five different things that Dickens wrote that are ghost stories, and they're worth downloading. The Signalman's my favorite. And it talks about this poor Signalman who's out near a beginning of a tunnel, entrance of a tunnel in England. He's out in the middle of nowhere all by himself. And when certain messages come through by bells, he has to hurt certain switches to allow engines to come through. At some point, he begins to see a wraith at the end of the tunnel. And he can't figure out, and he starts stopping the train. And before long, and I won't give you the rest of the story, and we'll make you actually watch it. Yes, because yeah. it's really It's really good. good. Have you seen it? I've not seen it. I've read. Oh, you read. Okay. Yeah. My God, it's, it's, it's a great story. We and watched I really, this, didn't we? We watched it. Yeah. Yes, we did. I, I really enjoyed it. So it was one I would like to read it. I haven't read it yet, but I have watched it. I will get around to reading it. But uh, it's really good. And I mean, I tell you what, most stories that come out, during Christmas about redemption. Not all, but some. One of the last ones we're going to talk about is me, And this is one that appeared in our last yeah, episode. Yeah, so last on year on Christmas, yep. we read The Smee by A.M. Burridge. Now, ghost stories at Christmas time were very, very popular, even before Halloween. Mm-hmm. Before Halloween ever was invented here in America. Um, we'll get into our Halloween origins yes. next year. We're going to do a whole origin story on Halloween. But before then, Christmas time was the time when you told ghost mm-hmm. stories. You sat around in the fire, the hearth, and told ghost stories. Yeah. And A.M. Burridge um, wrote Smee and several others. So you need to look up this author to find some creepy Victorian ghost stories to tell with your family around your hearth because they're amazing. Now, I'm not going to give away Smee. Okay. But it's, uh, it's about a group of young people who play a game of hide-and-seek in a haunted house. And that's all I'm going to say. Go back. Find her I think we're. I think listen. Heather doesn't know this yet, but her dad comes and stays with. Us. I think we'll have to read that for the kids. It's so good. Yeah, I think. I think. I don't yeah. know. That would they'd actually. Yep. They'd actually like that. So anyway, uh, having said that, from all of us at Spirit and Ghost to Ghost, wishing you and yours a very merry Christmas. We leave you with this: God bless us, one and all. And to cite our sources, Jeff Blanger's book, The Fright Before Christmas, PBS, Monstrum, Christmas, Krampus Origins of the Yule-Type Monster, Charles Dickens, The Night Before Christmas, Charles Dickens, The Signalman, and Smee by A.M. Burge. Is it Burge? Burge. Burge. B-U-R-R-A-G-E. So, yep, folks, we're hoping you have a very safe Christmas. You and your family do well, and we will see you in the new year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's the conclusion for tonight's episode of Ghost to Ghost. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode. The episode, this episode of Ghost to Ghost, written by Chief Lawson and Heather Lawson. And it's now time for the ghost story of the day with Jennifer Verne. Today's ghost story is A Ghost Today by Maureen Wood and Ron Kolick. History's first ghost hunter, Athens, Greece. It has been said that one of the oldest recorded ghost sightings in history comes from a Roman magistrate named Pliny the Younger. 
what he described in his writing is what he would assume today to be a typical haunted house. Pliny writes that a philosopher by the name of Cantonites, 74 BC to AD 7, having heard of a haunted house, decided to investigate the situation for himself. You might say that Canaanites was a paranormal investigator way ahead of his time. He rented the haunted location, then waited for the ghostly apparition to make its move. We don't know how long the Stoic philosopher had to wait, but what we do know, as recorded in Pliny's record, was that he found what he was looking for. Apparently, the disheveled spirit of an old man bound in chains appeared before him. Without whispering a word, the spirit beckoned him to follow. The spirit of the old man led him out of the home and into the garden before the vanishing into thin air. Not one to ignore a message, the philosopher marked the spot, then brought men the next day to dig. Once again, he was rewarded for his efforts when the skeleton of a man bound in chains was discovered. What happened next? Well, the way Pliny described it in his writings, when they respectfully removed the chains and properly buried it, the haunting of the home came to an end. Thanks for listening to Ghost to Ghost. Again, I'm your host, Chief Lawson. You can find Ghost to Ghost on all major formats on the 15th and 30th of the month at midnight. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, maybe have a question or subject you'd like to ask about on air, or be used on the show, please email us at ghost2ghost at spiritindiana.com, ghost2ghost at spiritindiana.com. I want to thank my production staff on Spirit, Jennifer Verne, our research manager and our producer, and Heather Lawson, our trainer on Spirit and our podcast director for helping make these podcasts possible. My chief of staff, Andrew Books, for his guidance and help on the scripts, and everyone else involved. Thank you so much. See you next time. Until then, stay safe and remember the truth is out there. Good night. Ghost to Ghost podcast and its contents is the property of Spirit Paranormal LTD, all rights reserved. We welcome you to download and play the podcast and share with others for personal use. You may not, except with written permission, use or distribute its contents for commercial use. Spirit Indiana Paranormal, covering the Hoosier State since 2002, Indy's oldest parapsychology investigation group. If you're experiencing what you believe to be paranormal issues, reach out to us for help at www.spiritindiana.com or call our hotline at 317-883-9103. Again, that is www.spiritindiana.com or our hotline at 317-883-9103. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself and the ones you love and be safe out there.